0: And welcome, it's the Patriot Radio News Hour, live on a hump day Wednesday. I'm Joe Jaquent, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. As the month of August is winding down, our toll-free number, 800 951 the physical delivery of wealth insurance, gold and silver, it is what we do, and Well, we just do it better than anybody. The website, and I'm going to tell you what, great website today. Ramon outdid himself at allamericangold.com. Just really four, five, six different pieces out there that really caught my eye today. Uh, Make sure you make it part of your routine. A lot of things going on. We had... A lot of activity in the dollar after I got off the air yesterday. We'll talk about where the dollar is, where it's heading. Uh, as we've been talking about that in general, we had a, a turnaround in the stock market yesterday. Uh, the the machines were out there buying it. Uh, the one thing you know what is so funny is you know, and when you when you've been around a long time. Uh, it allows you uh, the ability, right, to to reach into your your bag of knowledge. And it used to be that they would talk about whether this was a a good rally or or was it a bad rally? What was the breadth of the market? And they used to talk about volume. If it was up, you know, if, if the Dow reversed itself and it did it on heavy volume, that was supposed to be a great thing. And But if it did it on low volume, that was, uh, that doesn't bode that well. It wasn't really that strong of a, of a bounce. Volumes have gone away. Just add that to the list of things that used to be true, right? High volumes were good. Right now, there's just no volume. Matter of fact, not even 700 million shares on the NYSE. Back when, you know, you go back to when I started. Every day was over a billion. Every day. I mean, and and just a billion was a slow day. Right? 1.3, 1.4 billion shares was average. 2 billion was, hey, that's a heavy volume day. We didn't even get to 700 million, so volumes are half of what they used to be, uh, and it just kind of shows, you know, this is how fragile this market could be. Because if you you have everybody right now rowing in the same direction, what happens when they all row in the opposite direction? But but nonetheless, just one of those interesting things that caught my eye. Because when I come in in the morning because I'm here before the market opens, and we've got a live feed to Wall Street. And that's one of the things that will show me is how much volume uh, was done. And I've been noticing, and this has been going on, we've been down in the sevens, and all of a sudden, about the last 10 days, we're down in the sixes. Uh, And and maybe after after Labor Day, things will pick up a little bit. But uh, right now, volumes at uh, levels that I haven't seen, Since I've been doing this Uh, Speaking of the holiday We are closed on Monday Uh, I don't know if you can tell or not But I've been fighting a cold all week You know the kids They got me You know they went back to school a few weeks ago And I've I've got something Uh, So this may be The last show of the week And then uh, we are closed on Monday We'll be Arlene will be here uh, Thursday, Friday If I'm not I may be here but I just I don't know if my voice will be able to do it or not. So I'm just giving you fair warning. Uh, but we'll be open Thursday, Friday. We will be closed on Monday uh, for the holiday. I told you guys always, so we're going to get a lot of data. We got the first few pieces of data out today. We had revisions to second quarter GDP. We also had... Uh, jobs data out of ADP, and then our, everybody's favorite uncle, Warren Buffett, he was on the idiot box this morning, and boy, did he have some things to say, and normally, I'll say this, normally I kind of, you know, make a little fun of Warren Buffett, but I will say today, he was di- dishing out some realities. Uh, so we're going to talk all about all of those things and and where where things are headed. The Federal Reserve. If you go out to our website today, I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going to get to it. But they have admitted that the Phillips curve. For those of you that don't know what the Phillips curve is, it really goes hand in hand with the blog that i have currently up there about it's about the type of job stupid because the phillips curve is was, was the one of these models right one of these economic theory models that the federal reserve used and was the basis really for their argument about how low unemployment and and low jobless claims and And all of these jobs openings means wage rises are around the corner. Apparently, they now admit that economic model does not work. So essentially what the federal research has said is, hey, you know that stuff about wage growth? Yeah, you can forget about it. Probably not coming. We're going to talk all about all of these things when we get back, don't touch that dial.
1: The in truck, butter, on
0: butter in that biscuit. Bucket. Patriot Radio News Hour, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The dollar has been whipsawing the last. 24 hours. Yesterday, early in the day, uh, the December gold contract hit $1,331, almost 1332 And remember, I said it's somewhere between 1330 1340 and I, we threw out 1335 It almost got there, 1332 because the the December contract is the one that is the most heavily traded contract. The dollar broke 92, went all the way down to 91.67. Had a, a uh, my, my guess is, and I, and I don't know this to be true, but my guess is that was some type of support level uh, when the dollar was coming back, you know, rising over the last couple of years. So it had it, it bounced off of that level and it bounced really hard. So the machine started buying the dollar, uh, and the dollar went all the way back to $92.68. Uh, so it had a full point swing in the matter of twenty four hours. Uh, I think it's short lived, but nonetheless, a, a swing in the dollar uh, that brought that did bring gold down uh, a little bit today. I'm going to tell you that gold's down four at thirteen eleven. Uh, you'll see on Tico that it shows that gold's actually up today uh, again that had to do with this dollar move uh, that was happening towards the end of the day yesterday after the gold market uh closed closed but was still open in electronic trade uh that being the difference but it did allow us to to uh take advantage of a, of a pullback here i have a twenty dollar liberties that you remember they've been 1405 pretty much all all week last week the price jumped up big when broke when gold broke through uh the $1300 level uh today you can buy them for even less 1395 you're going to save 40 bucks 40 bucks to throw on a $20 gold piece today at 809510592. i think we're going to be looking Squarely at fourteen hundred plus uh, before the end of the year, and you know you think about how strong gold has been this year. You know gold's up double digits this year. It's outperformed the Dow, the S and P, the Nasdaq, uh, you name it. Uh, very bullish things happening in the gold market. Uh, not only breaking above thirteen hundred, uh, also that the fact that it's outperforming all of the paper markets. And then the other thing that's actually kind of bullish leading into the end of the year is now going to be uh, above where it was last year again. Because remember last year we had that big spike up, and then uh, it fell all the way through the election, and then actually fell all the way essentially uh, into the end of the year last year, remember, because the rate hikes were coming. Uh, Now they're talking about no rate hikes at all, uh, which is why we're seeing this dollar start to fall. But... Let's get to the data, shall we? Because it was a good one. Gross domestic product, right? The GDP second quarter revision. The initial number came at 2.6. The revised number says GDP was 3%. And here's what the funny thing happened was the dollar was was actually got to 9280 to something started falling gold which had gotten all the way down to well you know it was down to 1306 started rising because here's how they said we got to 3% gdp in the second quarter consumer spending which that would be a good thing. That is a good thing, right? That's you and I. The problem was what they said you spent it on was automobiles. The same report, remember, if you go back to the retail sales report from July and from June, and they, they said, oh, no, automobile sales were strong, and we do So one of two things is happening. We've got a busted economic model. Or all the auto companies are lying, right? General Motors and Ford and Fiat and Honda and Toyota, right? They're, they're lying. Because remember, they're all telling us, hey, we got way too many of these. We're not selling them. The car dealerships are, are lying. They don't know how to count their cars or I, I don't know. Maybe they don't know how to add their sales. Or the more obvious solution is there's something wrong with the model. And this is kind of what happened today. Warren Buffett came out on TV. They like to dust him off. This doesn't feel like a 3% GDP economy to me. I would guess we're in a 2% 2% economy now. And, of course, he already knows. Right? We now have a problem with all of these data points. And the problem is that, you know, in their attempt, you know, they, they've been telling us for decades, oh, well, we're, we're smoothing out the numbers. Right? Because they, they seasonally adjust it. They take the car sales number and just simply say, well, that's not true. It's really this. They're really selling them. They just don't know that they're selling them. And and so when you look at that number, and then you say, you know what, and here's what's going to happen, and I'll tell you, I'll give you a great example of, of this. During the crash, so go back to 08 and 09, you know they were coming out with GDP numbers that was like negative. You know, 0.8, negative 1.2. Do you know now, if you Google search it, what the GDP numbers really were? Negative 5.4, right? Negative 6, right? Because of the their, their economic modeling, right? They try to smooth out. They try to pretend the bad stuff doesn't happen. And this is exactly what was inside of this report. Actually, Wall Street was out until that report came out. Now it's down. And then Warren Buffett said on, on Squawk Alley and Squawk on the street this morning on the idiot box, every now and then we think it's accelerating. And then every now and then we think maybe there's a double dip or something. We aren't really sure, but if you ask me, we'll have a 2% GDP for an, a generation. And he, Now, he's a little older, but a generation to Warren Buffett is 25 years. We would have a $19,000 GDP gain per person in the United States. Now, unfortunately, that doesn't mean you're going to be making an extra $19,000. Uh, but he said that, uh, at least according to Warren Buffett today, yeah, don't believe that. That number's not right. And we're probably more at a 2% GDP and instead of a 3% GDP. And by the way, anybody that thinks we're going to have this great economic growth at least in his eyes, is mistaken. Apparently, though, here's the good news. Hey, we're just going to have 2% growth for the next 25 years. Right? We're we're not going to have a downturn. That ought to be fine. We'll just be right here. We'll just be right at this 2% thing. And then he talked about Wells Fargo. I'm going to save that for later. By the way, Wells Fargo is in more trouble. Uh, we'll see if I get to that. If not, I've got it saved, and, and I will try to get to it. I want to get to the other the other piece of economic data, which was the ADP jobs report. And again, goes hand-in-hand hand with what we've been talking about. ADP came out and said, hey, we added 237,000 jobs in the month. Of August, They did acknowledge that they had a little help from Amazon. Remember, Amazon was going to hire 50,000 people. Uh, it looked like maybe about 20. But 237 was the headline number. But I'm going to break it down for you. So where were the jobs? 33,000 are in the category of goods producing, inside of that category is natural resources slash mining. So think about uh, whether that's coal, oil, uh, natural gas, uh, any type of uh, mining that we're doing, whether it's ore, uh, copper, gold, silver, right, all of that, that's that category. That actually lost 1,000 jobs. Construction added 18,000. Manufacturing added 16,000, according to this. And this is a survey for a net of 33,000. Now, that area is what they say is typically has better paying jobs. Okay, so these jobs you normally pay above the minimum wage. Then the next sector is the service providing jobs. Inside of that, they have the trade, transportation, and utilities. That's one subset of fifty six thousand. Information negative 3,000, and information is probably, you know, talking about your newspaper and, and things of that nature, financial activities, And right? another one of these higher-paying jobs only had 11,000, professional business service. Now, this is one of those uh, that has a subset, in that subset, they have professional slash technical, management of companies, and then the administrative or support service. So you have two good-paying sections and then the minimum wage people. The total number was 39000 Okay, for the business-slash-professional service. 12,000 of the 39 were going to professionals or management. 27,000 were going to, right, the part-time, minimum wage, uh, what they call support service. Education and health service. They have what they call health cl- healthcare-slash- social assistance right and that's the again in that part a lot of this is the low paying uh, bed pan uh, things of that helping with the elderly and just the the lower paying jobs education and health services had 45,000 jobs created 42,000 were in the social assistance category 2,000 in the part where maybe you could do better. And then the last segment, the leisure and hospitality, once again for the second straight month. One out of four, well, this time just under one out of every four jobs was a waiter, a waitress, or a bartender. 51,000 of them. Patriot Radio News Hour doesn't feel like a 3% economy to me either. We'll be right back.
2: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Height.
1: When a passenger gave advice to the driver of a car that he didn't have to comply with a request by a police officer, the officer arrested the passenger for repeatedly interrupting him. The passenger was then convicted for violating a Carson City, Nevada ordinance that made it a crime for any person to hinder, obstruct, resist, delay, molest, or threaten to hinder, obstruct, resist, delay, or molest any city officer or member of the sheriff's office in the discharge of his official duties. The convicted passenger challenged that law all the way to the Nevada Supreme Court, arguing that the ordinance is unconstitutionally vague. The Nevada Supreme Court agreed by a 5-2 to vote and struck down the ordinance. In defense of the law, the state of Nevada argued that the passenger, William Scott, wasn't arrested for his speech, but for his conduct in interrupting an investigation by the deputy. The Nevada Supreme Court was unpersuaded and found that Scott was arrested and convicted only for his verbal interruptions. Moreover, the ordinance made it a crime merely to threaten to hinder, obstruct, resist, or delay a police officer. Criminalizing mere threats further implicates speech as opposed to conduct, the court held. The court ruled that the ordinance simply gives too much power and discretion to arrest people based only on what they say. The ordinance places the discretion entirely on a deputy to determine at what point speech reaches the level of an unlawful delay of an officer. It is obvious that the prohibitions in the ordinance are violated scores of times daily, yet only some individuals, those chosen by the police in their unguided discretion, are arrested, the court held. The court observed that the current state laws properly prohibit conduct that interferes with law enforcement without criminalizing speech. People who protest outside abortion clinics should be encouraged by this decision, which can protect them in objecting to unlawful arrests. Indeed, anyone who hands out leaflets critical of government should appreciate the precedent that this decision establishes to protect their exercise of First Amendment rights.
2: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: Welcome back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two silver just went positive uh, seventeen forty three. Uh, we do have uh, U.S. silver eagles. Uh, they're on sale as well today. I'm trying to give you guys some great opportunities. Four hundred and fifteen dollars uh, a roll. Four fifteen for a roll of U.S. silver eagles. Uh, that puts your cost at $20.75, so you're looking about a little over what, three, I don't know, my I went to, I'm a little under the weather, so my math isn't the greatest right now, but like 3.32 over spot, something like that, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Uh gold is, depending on where you look, I'm going to tell you, gold's down three, uh, at 1312 and we have twenty dollar liberties at thirteen ninety five we have silver eagles at four fifteen uh buy buy a roll of silver eagles in the twenty eighteen hundred and ten today at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two and just just this is what has this is what has happened today first we have the gdp report which used to be the most important number right when we talked about the american economy this was the number right and they had spent decades refining it and seasonally adjusting it and smoothing it out and and gave all of these felonious reasons as to why like somehow we couldn't comprehend in our simple minds stuff like well, we sell a lot more stuff during Christmas, so therefore the first quarter GDP number is probably gonna be low right we we weren't we wouldn't be able to handle that, or the auto companies always have a uh two weeks off in the summer or things like that, you know, these things that used to happen. And now we need to believe that GDP was 3% because the consumer was buying cars even though all of the car companies said they're not. Even though... All of the car dealerships said they weren't. We're going to put out or they're going to put it on TV. Big headline. Even though they know it's wrong, they don't care. Now, one of the bright spots of of the flooding may be the fact that that it's going to help car sales. <laughs> right, got to hurt right now. I, I don't think anybody in the fourth largest city bought a car this week. But uh, a lot of cars are going to be ruined, I would guess. Uh, matter of fact, Warren Buffett actually, like I said, he dealt with a lot of reality today. And then some Warren stuff, and we're going to do both. But he's saying, he told Squawk this morning, at least, now remember, he owns a large insurance company. You may have heard of it. It's got a gecko, right, in, you know, 15 minutes or less, right? He owns Geico. He's estimating that a minimum $150 billion in uninsured losses, right? That means, hey, they didn't have flood insurance, right? The Their car which got swamped in water isn't covered. Their their homes that got flooded with water aren't covered. Uh and it could actually be a huge detriment uh to, to growth because most of these people aren't going to have the money. Uh but but nonetheless, that's the first estimate I I've seen a hundred and fifty billion dollars of insured. This is the first time I've heard of the uninsured. Uh, a lot of people are saying this may be uh, at the end of the day, and mostly because everything costs way too much money, the worst catastrophe uh, dollar-wise in U.S. history. Then he went on to say they did ask him about Wells Fargo. He told CNBC on Wednesday that when you put a spotlight on On a large financial institution like Wells Fargo, they're likely to find something. I want you to think about that for just a second. One of his answers is hey, listen, they're big, they're super big. So, yeah, you're going to find stuff. Right? Kind of like what I've been telling you. You think Wells Fargo is the only one, you're not. But this is our financial well being. This is the backbone of this economy. This shouldn't be acceptable. What you find, he went on to say, is there's never just one cockroach in the kitchen when you start looking around (laughs) Right? Kinda let everyone listen, yeah, the cockroach And it ain't just Wells Fargo, right? So first he said, hey, these large financial institutions like Wells Fargo, you're probably going to find something. And when you find something, what you're going to find is there's not just one cockroach, there's a lot of cockroaches. Anytime you put focus on an organization that has hundreds of thousands of people, you may very well find that it wasn't just one who misbehaved that you're going to find out about, right? And in this case, right, we know this was, this was the largest criminal activity financially the country probably has ever seen. Buffett says that Wells Fargo's recent woes aren't likely to influence his investments long term. He did buy a bunch of Bank of America today, so maybe they're going to be next. And then he went on to say, it's a terrific bank. No, it's not, Warren. There were some things that were done very, very wrong, but they are being corrected, he said. And this is this is the problem, right? My question was, did you know? You're the largest shareholder of this bank. And, and of course, to be able to, and then come out and say, oh, it's a terrific bank. Tell that to all the people they preyed upon. Not to be outdone. A homeowner has filed a lawsuit accusing Wells Fargo of improperly charging thousands of customers nationwide to lock in interest rates when their mortgage applications were delayed. I'm going to tell you what they did when we return. Now. now, Warren Buffett. He's not going to be as blunt as me. But he came out today and said, yeah, forget that GDP. That's, it's not three. It's two. And, you know, it's, it's going to be two for the next generation. But the only problem with that is, is you know when we have the next recession how bad it's going to be. You know, because before, you used to get up to four and five, right? And then when it got to two or less, Right the, the, the Fed was already doing stuff. Now the problem is the Fed's economic models are, they go out to our website today. you can read about the Phillips curve, right. So essentially what they're saying is that whole talk about wage inflation that we've been promising isn't going to happen. And then of course, we got the ADP numbers. Again, we've got to believe one in four jobs is at a restaurant. But the problem is, is when you look at the other subset, the least amount of jobs being created are jobs that pay actual livable, livable wages. And you're talking about, what, 75 80% of all jobs now are jobs that you can't live off of. And then you had Warren Buffett talk about cockroaches in the kitchens of the largest financial companies (laughs) and how somehow that's okay. And he still called Wells Fargo a terrific bank. By the way, you know, Wells Fargo is headquartered in San Francisco, right? We have a Federal Reserve Bank headquartered in San Francisco. Our current. Federal Reserve Chief Janet Yellen, she was sitting at the top of the San Francisco Federal Reserve during the period where Wells Fargo is going back and being accused of all the wrongdoing. And of course, it happened well before what they're owning up to now, but what did she know? You can't tell me she didn't know, right? When you look at the earnings reports that Wells Fargo spit out. It almost... How it didn't set off all of these alarm bells, I don't know. Because they had more what they called add-ons than any bank by a large margin. Of course, now we've come to find out they were all felonious. They were all fake. They weren't real. But this one goes a step further. Filed on Monday in San Francisco Federal court. Now, a lot of you know, when you're, you're getting ready to buy a home, you're doing all the paperwork, and you're watching, right? you know, It's probably one of the few times that Americans even pay attention to what the Federal Reserve, the Fed funds rate is, right? And you want to make sure when it's low that you get, you want to lock it in at the lowest possible price. Well, here's what Wells Fargo was doing to cheat you, allegedly. I'll say allegedly because it just got filed. It says that Wells Fargo managers pressured employees to blame homeowners for the delays, sometimes going as far as falsely stating that paperwork was missing so homeowners could be stuck with extra fees. In other words, everything was ready to go. Wells Fargo wanted them to pay a fee to lock in the rate, even though the homeowner should have been given the rate to begin with. The spokesman, Tom Goita, said the bank is reviewing past Practice on rate lock extensions, and we'll take steps for customers as appropriate. <laughs> let me let me translate that for you. Uh, yeah, they busted us. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Right, we're, we're reviewing those practices right now. Yes, and uh, don't worry if we did wrong; we'll take care of it. The lawsuit. We'll request the court grant class action status. Remember, we've talked about this. When you open these bank accounts, when you open these checking accounts and these savings accounts, or you open up to to do a mortgage or any type of a loan, these banks make you sign. Sign here, initial here, sign here, right? No, but we don't read it. Right? And they give you, if they're a good branch manager or whatever, they'll give you, oh, this is about this and that and da-da-da and blah-blah-blah and, you know, sign it. One of the things that's in there is the bank says, hey, by the way, if we robbed you, fleeced you, if we committed criminal acts, you're not allowed to get with other people just like you and file a class action lawsuit, no, you need to deal with us one-on-one. And now everybody's trying to figure out a way if they can legally do these class action lawsuits. Because here's the reality, with a class action lawsuit, right? Hey, you can prove a lot of criminal intent. Right? If it's just one little guy, hey, you weren't, hey, we okay, we ripped you off 500 bucks fine here's your 500 bucks go away but if it's a hundred thousand people that you ripped off 500 bucks right now we get the penalties right and we can get all the damages and all that other stuff it said that they're trying to get class action lawsuits and they said that the new lawsuit accused it of charging several hundred thousand borrowers for the auto insurance that they didn't request. We talked about that last month. This one now, that they're hoping to get a class action lawsuit, has to do with them charging customers to lock in a rate by claiming the customer's paperwork wasn't done or was missing. Boy, did they miss any trick. Guest Warren Buffett found some cockroaches. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back.
2: We all lead busy lives at work at school and play. But when disaster strikes, the safety of our loved ones is all-consuming. Create a family communications plan today and gain peace of mind in knowing how to reach your loved ones when it matters most.
1: Hi, I'm Representative Rosemary Reed. Do you know how to reach your loved ones in case of an emergency? Do you have a plan? I urge you to be disaster aware and take action to prepare. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
3: When disaster strikes, when the world is turned upside down, children suffer in unimaginable ways, and Save the Children is there to meet their unique needs. Even now, Save the Children is in Texas and along the Gulf Coast, making sure hurt and frightened children impacted by Hurricane Harvey get the help they need. To care for and protect children has been the mission of Save the Children for almost a 100 years. So when tragedy strikes, they're prepared and they're on the ground for children and their families around the world and right here at home. Your fifty dollars right now to Save the Children will send love, care, and life saving aid to scared and injured children. Call 8-810-8275. 888 810 8275 That's 888-810-8275. Or give online right now at save the dot org slash radio. That's Save the org slash radio.
0: been Patriot Radio News Hour I, I I don't know what to say right we're we're living in the, the our new reality is we don't know what the economy's doing right we're we're going to throw out and they already anyway, GDP numbers they knew that weren't true right and people got to come out you know they're great you know the oracle of omaha right is for all of our lives, you know, you listen to what Warren Buffett had to say. People spend hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars to have lunch with him, right? His his Brookshire Hathaway meeting, right? Everyone flies to Omaha, and they, they they have tens of thousands of people to listen to this guy, and he's got to come out on television today and say, uh, "Nah." It doesn't feel like three percent. Right, which he's being kind. Right? He's just being hey, listen, it's enough It's broken. The models are broken. Let's just, you know, but it's two percent. What is it? Is it two I don't know. What is it really? How can it be two percent if seventy and eighty percent of all the jobs created are minimum wage? How can one in four jobs be waiters and waitresses? How can that be? That doesn't make sense. And then he said, you know, and he let out some pretty big nuggets. Hey, by the way, yeah, Wells Fargo ain't the only one. I mean, that's how I interpreted it, right? Well, if you look at any of these large financial institutions, you're going to find wrongdoing. And then, you know, just, well, just a sickening how I don't understand how this bank hasn't been taken over. I mean, it was it was they were running literally a criminal organization. By the way, the person that br- uh, brought the lawsuit, just so you know, two hundred eighty-seven dollars and fifty cents is what Wells Fargo charged him to lock in his interest rate. Because you know, normally the bank will give you thirty to ninety days, depending on the bank, when you start the loan process to get it done, and then after that point. If, the, if it didn't get done because the bank didn't get the paperwork done, they normally waive those fees. What this guy is claiming is not only was did Wells Fargo not waive the fee and was their fault, but they've done this to hundreds of thousands of people. In other words, it was deliberate practice. And my guess is This guy was the wrong guy, right? Maybe he had access to that type of information. You know, maybe he worked in the industry and knew where to go and look and and saw, hey, Wells Fargo has way more uh, lock rate fees than all the other financial institutions. I don't know. But if you use $287.50 and let's say it was 250,000 people, you know, that's just 72 million extra dollars. No big deal. U.S. $20 gold piece. Listen, I put them on special for you. Thirteen ninety-five dollars uh, Rolls of silver eagles at $415 at 800 uh, dollars Gold's at 131050 131080 Silver, 1742 today. Everyone take care. Like I said, I'm not feeling the greatest. My guess is this may be uh, the last show we do until Tuesday, but we will be here Thursday and Friday. We are closed on Monday. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your holiday weekend.